Live from Western Kentucky University, capital of the Hilltopper Nation. Whether it's in the locker room or on the field, behind the clipboard or on the court, home or away, we've got you covered. Get ready to enter the Red Zone, your destination for all things sports, right here on Revolution 91.7. And welcome back to Red Zone Radio. It has been a few weeks since we have been here, but it feels good to be back. I'm your host, Ryan Gooden, sitting alongside Matthew Hargrove and Caden Gaylord, our producer. Tori Bowling and Patrick Carey Once again, cannot be with uh, us. It's a three-man show for tonight. I believe this happened the last time we were on air. Yeah, and for some reason, the last time, last last show, not last week's show because we got Easter off, but two weeks ago when we did the show and it was us three, we were in the same room, but now for some reason, because I thought Patrick was going to be here today, he's still covering WKU baseball, I assume. Just a bunch of miscommunication on, on Red Zone Radio, which, by the way, no shock here. There's no reason. I mean, this is the most dysfunctional radio show you will ever find. Absolutely. There's um, no communication anywhere throughout this. We have an entire group chat that nobody talks about anything unless they're arguing. I also didn't know that the uh, the show was canceled last week to about 30, 45 minutes. Yes, that, the that is true, too. That the, is because of the your dir- executive the, the, producer. The, 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 the director of the show thought that he informed everyone by mouth, but that never happens for anything. So I don't know why he thought that. Who is and he, by, by the way? He, I mean me. Okay. So I apologize there. Well, we do have a packed show for you guys tonight. We're going to talk about all WKU sports in segment one. We're going to move on to, um, I believe it's Mast. Oh, oh, and real quick, breaking news. Patrick Carey has <laughs> I was about to say, I've just heard the put thing. in the Red Zone Radio group message. Hey, Going y'all, me- did my best to be done with baseball by now, but still have to edit post-game interviews. I won't be able to make it, but that's okay. He so it's is, just us today. He is the social media manager for the baseball team, I believe. Is that right, Caden? Yes. He's yes. got a big boy job. Yes. Unlike us, who just we're still doing red red zone radio. No, I'm not. I wasn't talking about this, but yes, okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> but we do have a packed show. We have uh, all WKU sports to talk about. We're going to talk about the national championship since we haven't talked about it since it happened on Monday night. And then we have the Masters in segment three, and then segment four and five is going to be a little bit of a roundup between. MLB baseball, which opening day was this past week. Past uh, Thursday. Last, yes, Thursday. Past, last Thursday. And then NBA talk. So we have a packed show. We're going to get right into it, though, starting off with WKU sports. And we're going to go to the volleyball because how can you not start off with WKU volleyball? What a what a year yet again for Coach Hudson and this WKU volleyball team. They are still undefeated. I believe they beat Rice 3-1 to in the conference championship uh, to make it to the NCAA tournament where they play Jackson State, if they haven't already, I get my dates mixed up. No, they're playing Wednesday. Wednesday they play Wednesday. 9:30. Yeah, Jackson State, 930, uh, in the first round of the tournament. Hopefully they can get to their first Sweet 16 in what, I ever? Ever, I think. Yeah, so for Coach Hudson, this is this could be a huge year for the Hilltoppers. Well, Caden, it, it sounds like to me that this WKU team, you go undefeated and you still don't end up getting a bye. I know they're a mid-major school, but – I was kind of shocked by that, and looking at the bracket, I, th- I think it's pretty interesting that we might get, if WKU can get into their first Sweet 16 ever, it would, I believe, take Travis Hudson and them until the Elite Eight before this would happen, but there's a chance that we could get a WKU and Kentucky matchup. Which is always fun because you love playing the in-state school. You'd say rivals, but they're not, unless you're playing Louisville, which Western Kentucky 
just can never beat Louisville, so you yeah. can't consider a rivalry. But it would be so nice to beat somebody in in the state of Kentucky to at least make it to the Final Four. It's it's like every other year, whenever Western makes the tournament, I just feel like they just switch it. They're like this year they'll play Louisville, next, this year they'll play Kentucky. They just keep switching it back and forth because last year they played Louisville, and the time before that they made the tournament, they played Kentucky. Um, and uh, or I think was it the time before that? Anyways, but yeah, they always end up switching them like that. I don't like how they do that. I think that's kind of messed up and uh, redundant. And, and also on the rankings, because in the rundown it says you know they're playing Jackson State, so WKU is ranked 19th. But how it, it it's not like NCAA where you just got you know four one seeds and four two seeds. There's two one seeds and then two two seeds. So Western Kentucky on their right side of the bracket is the 19th seed. Is that correct? Or are they the 19th seed in total, Caden? I think it's it's in total. Okay. Like they, the top 15 or yeah, I think the top 15 seeds get the bye. Okay, because then, if they if they win, then they play Washington State, who's yes. ranked 15th. Yes. Okay. Is that fifteenth so, overall? Fifteenth overall. overall. Yeah. Okay. So when when the bracket when it's showing you know the two seed of Kentucky they're actually the number two overall seed. There's not like two. I, w- I was thinking for a second, first glance at the bracket when I saw Kentucky was a two seed. I was thinking maybe there was another two seed on the bracket, but obviously I wasn't looking at it hard enough. But WKU at the end of the day. This might be Travis Hudson's best team, and I believe that Nadia Judene, I heard a rumor or, or from somewhere, and once again, I have to remind everyone listening that <laughs> Red Zone Radio is, again, dysfunctional, and we are five guys who have no insider reports. We don't have a Woj. We don't have a John Rothstein. So everything that we say when we when we say that we heard something, it's not like, oh, our inside sources. We're getting it from the great app of Twitter or rumors from sports fans along WKU that we talked to. You guys have probably seen the same things that we saw. Absolutely, but we are here to talk about it. So, And what I was saying was I think I heard or saw something (laughs) on social media about Nadia Judene coming back next year. Yeah, they're all all supposed to be coming back next year. So, which... That that is unbelievable. We're talking about the greatest era Maybe in WKU sports history, you have a team who hosted a tournament game against a big Power 5 school in Louisville, and we were all saying, I'm pretty sure on Red Zone, man, this is the best team ever, and I don't know how Travis Hudson can top this. Well, he has, 21-0, and and making basically Conference USA play look really easy. That win against Rice, 3-1, to one, I know, Rice, and Rice is a really good team, and to beat them 3-1, that well, was very it, impressive. The What you don't see from, from the box score, it was a close 3-1. Like, it wasn't easy for any of those sets that they won, but uh, it is, it, it, we see this every year, it's... Coach Hudson, they, he makes it a better team every year. We always say it's for the last four years that you've been here. It's been well. This is the best WK volleyball team we've ever had, and it just keeps growing from that every year. So if if he's able to retain all these players for next year, plus the incoming freshmen that he's got coming in, I mean, you, this he means he needs a statue in front of. Denver oh yeah, oh yeah. Sure. If anyone were to get the statue, we I, I feel like we need to start a. Petition. petition. To, yes, because <laughs> yeah. I think for the past, 
Ever since I've been with Red Zone Radio, whoever's hosting or whoever is on the show, at one point or another, they have said, or one time or another, they have said that Travis Hudson deserves a statue in front of Diddle, and it would be, oh, it would be beautiful. It would be magnificent, but this WKU team, wow, and I really do mean, I, I know nobody looks at Obviously, when you look at college sports, not a lot of people think of volleyball. You think of football, and here at WKU, you had the Mike White when Tyson Hill was the offensive coordinator. You had those great teams. WKU basketball, this was supposed to be the greatest era, and I certainly am not putting a statue of Rick Stansberry. Charles Bassey was great, but he never won a championship for WKU, so I'm not going to uh, pull uh, it. A Conference USA championship, conference, let's be clear. That's what I mean. I... <laughs> We do not, you, you should not, unless you're, here Here we go, here we go, hating me talking about hating on Tennessee teams. We do not praise people for regular season championships at Tennessee Titans fans. And, and I know if you're listening, you're probably a Titans fan because we're pretty close to Nashville and I grew up in the Nashville area. I despise Titans fans. I just do because they focus way too much on the regular season and they can never get it done and they want to praise people because of the regular season accomplishments. Because well, that's what they have to look forward to. That is what that is their Super Bowl is yeah. winning their division. That and is true. Same thing with what seems like WKU basketball. If they can even get to the conference championship, that seems to be all they all they wrote yeah. because it, they just have not been able to finish. But um, moving on, we're going to we're going to talk about uh, WKU soccer, who has got off to the best start in 10 years, at least oh, a decade, yeah. um, as they won their conference. You well, know what? We did it. We did it two weeks ago. Can we get another uh, ovation? Ovation for the women's sports. We won't stand. Yeah, but we'll we won't our, stand because we'll nice. our mics are, you know, they're kind of low to the floor, so that would just throw everything off. You probably wouldn't, wouldn't be able to hear us. But another ovation for the women's sports. You get soccer. That's two championships for women's sports in a single week, well, they I won, believe. They won Conference USA East Division champs. Yes. Uh, and they went 7-1-2 and two on the year, 4-0-2 in the co- conference. Um, and they play UAB in the Conference USA Championship. So they don't have a they don't have a tournament. I it's don't, just the winners no, there, of no, there is each a tournament. regular season. No, there is, there is a tournament. Okay, well, when I went on, because, yeah, that's where I was confused because when you go on the schedule – what they mean is the tournament, but I just saw Conference USA Championship. So I was assuming, oh, they take the two best regular season squads and put them up against each other. What we don't know is how many teams they take unless Caden does. I'm looking at it right now. There's eight teams. Okay. So eight teams. They play a a great UAB team, it looks like, in the first round. If that's and, the Not a bad. Out. Not a bad team. I mean, 8-5-1 and one for soccer. Obviously, 3-3-0. Three, three and oh, um, so Basically, 3-3 three and three in the conference. Not great, but... It's gonna soccer could go either way. Yeah. it's always one of those. It's like baseball. You you just never. Yes. you never know. Yeah, anything can happen, especially in one game because yeah. you don't have the series. Caden, what does the bracket look like? Is WKU the overall number one seed, or are they the two seed? They, they so they like they basketball? did it like they did it for basketball. So there's two number one seeds, one in the west, one in the east. So okay. WKU okay. is the east number one seed, and Rice is the one seed in the west. Okay, and Rice, so man, Rice. we got some. WKU Rice rivalry going on. Yes. Yeah, so. Even even this year, because I really think looking at that Rice team and they're pretty young. I think basketball wise, WKU's losing a lot of players, and it's really a toss up of how well the Hilltoppers are going to be next year. But Rice, 
I kind of liked them. I, I kind of <laughs> think that they're going to be a solid basketball team next year in the conference. Yes, and Rice just seems to have – just like we we praise women over here for WKU. Their women's, women's sports, sports, their women's sports is are right awesome. up there. They're always in the conference USA championship. Did you know? Like. I, I think <clears throat> I mentioned this to you before, but Anthony Rendon came out of Rice. Yes, played third the great, base. Uh, the great third baseman, the, the World Series champion, who is now with the Angels. Angels are looking pretty good, but you have that's, to stop. If I that's, yeah, that's, that's for the segment end. five. That's for the end. There. I'm that's sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying not to get ahead of myself. But uh, okay. with with soccer, they would they might have to play Charlotte again in the second round. I mean, I know you didn't bring it up yet, but WKU beat Charlotte on like a la- quote unquote last second goal. I mean, they won with like 50 seconds left in the game. Um, it was it was crazy. I, I was I was like shocked that they pulled that off. Yeah, and the way soccer goes, you're you're right. That's basically a buzzer beater shot. Oh yeah, for sure. To if get a get a, get a goal in the last 50 seconds. Honestly, I I'm not sure if how long the women's games go, but going based off of regular soccer where there's 90 minutes in the game, if you score from 85 minute on, it is it is electric. It's a dagger. It is like a, like a buzzer beater. Yeah. Um, but we're going to move on. They Obviously, they play UAB in the first round. Hopefully, they make it to the championship where we can root on the WKU soccer team. But WKU softball had a bad week after um, an impressive win two, I think it was two and a half weeks ago by now, when they beat Kentucky here at the hill they went 0-3 this past week they lost to EKU and I chalked that one up too they didn't play for two weeks straight because of postponements um, with Lipscomb and Marshall series got canceled and they just couldn't hit yeah one I nothing. mean one nothing and then they took on a very tough team in number five Florida on Saturday and I don't know if it's the if it's a Canada national team or if it's we, a Canada. We spent like 10 minutes yeah. trying to figure this out in class. Me and Ryan spent like 10 minutes trying to figure out what do we call them. I, yeah, but so I don't know. It, it doesn't. On the schedule it says. And I'm not I'm not sure Canada if it, it, it's an exhibition game. So it doesn't count towards their record. But how in the world were they able to get. It, it's got to be. It, it might be. The 18U, maybe a high school Canadian team? No, it's a, it's a minor league amateur per, like like team. Like This is, like I guess, the best so, players. So if there was softball in the Olympics, which I'm pretty sure baseball and softball is returning to the Olympics whenever the Olympics returns, I think it's but is in this, 2022. Really? Would this be, yeah, is this, Tokyo. Is this just collegiate? Canadian players that play. I mean, I mean, obviously, it might softball be, but it doesn't also have a... might be pro athletes that played in college and they're from Canada. And if this team in the Olympics in 2022, would this be the team playing in the Olympics for Canada? Because if it is, how in the world did Todd Stewart? Because Todd Stewart, he makes the schedules for everyone. I'm pretty sure, unless WKU softball has someone else doing it for themselves. Well, I'm not sure. They probably do because you know basketball has. Um, What's his name? Zach. Zach Greenwell. Zach Greenwell. He he kind of helps with the schedule. Yeah. But WK softball. I mean, I'm pretty sure that team Canada team was in Gainesville because they played a back to back in Florida. Yeah, that's so where that's where it said the game was. What playing. in the world was was Canada doing? Yeah. Down what are they? Florida? What are they doing? Is the USA team vacation is their team? headquarters? They just in, had a vacation. Where they, they play hey, some ball. Hey, do you blame them though? No. I didn't know they were allowed to travel because you know, like the Raptors, they're not playing in. Yeah, Toronto. the borders are, are closed, so maybe they've been just here in the U.S. the whole time. And then and COVID, just, and then well, no, I mean, like they can they can be let back in, but Canada's not letting anybody out yeah. basically so i don't know if it's just 
Canadian players that play in the U.S. that went down there to go play. I assume that's what it is. Yeah. But um, just an interesting game on yeah, the schedule it was, for WKU. This is very random. Like, you see EKU, and you're like, okay, that's a typical – Florida, oh, that's all – Canada. Like, yeah. oh, okay. And let's not overlook the Florida game because they're the number five ranked team in the nation. Um, and obviously, WKU played number seven, Kentucky, two weeks ago, beat them here on the hill two to one. And you can maybe chalk that one up. It was a 5-2 to two score, and once again, they didn't hit the ball, and you said that they've been off for two weeks. Baseball, so everyone complains about 162 games. Yeah. And for the thing reason. with baseball is, is you can go, you can shorten the schedule. Talking about MLB, you can shorten the schedule to, you know, 100, 120 games. But the most important thing is if you're going to do that, you have to push the season back because you cannot – it's not like basketball where you can consistently have like two or three days off. It's a very repetitive sport. So those two or three days off can ruin your swing a ton and not just seeing that pitching every day. So for them to have two weeks off and still in the game with Florida and only lose by three runs and make it five to two, WKU, if they were playing a lot more games before that, they could have won that game. I mean, to only give up five runs to, to each, the Florida team and the Canada team, speaks about this pitching staff, which you cannot speak about for the WKU baseball team, which we nice will head on to. <laughs> nice lead hey, indeed. That that's, is, that's, that's phenomenal radio. Shout right out there, to Tory Bowling for helping me with the transition. He would love that transition. Absolutely. Um, but they, went, they won 3-0 against Marshall. 4-0. Was it 4-0? Yeah, they win the today. Day? today. They played earlier today. So they too. won this. They swept the series. Uh, they played very well this week. Obviously, I just made that joke, but um, it turns out the pitching or the hitting really did well. I haven't looked at the scores quite yet, but this is three straight complete games for WKU starting pitching. I mean, where has this been at yeah, that's, for that, four yeah, that, years? That's what you need, but Marshall... I'm assuming is not I, good. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. So we, we need to see this pitching against much better right. teams. And but and the weekend before WKU, I'm pretty sure got swept by FIU. They, they so did. This was three a, one. They did. Uh, three one. Yeah, and there was a game where they gave up, I believe, 15 or 16 runs in that in that series too. So just another classic WKU Yelton. series. But they do move to, I believe, it's now 16 and 16. On the year, they're 500 now and six and six in conference play. So even 500 that across is, the board. Th that's WKU baseball, though. Until the end of the season, we will see how this. They have a lot of games left on the schedule. I, I still can't believe but when I looked it up. 2014 is the last time. 2014 is the last over 500 season, and they went 29 and 28 or 28 and 27, one and two. They went one game above 500. Were they over 500 in conference play? I don't think so. Okay, so I would like to go back and see what year they were, they were 500 over in 500 conference play. overall and conference play. They were 15 and 15 in 2014. Okay, in so, conference play. So said, you know what? It's not good enough. I'm not. I'm not going for good enough with this team. They need to get rolling. But that is WKU baseball. 16 and 16, six and six in conference play. I still can't believe we talked about it in one of these shows. At the, I think at the beginning of the season when we're doing a little preview for the baseball team, I still can't believe we looked up that, tw I think it was 2017 season when they were 
what, 24-20, and 20, yeah. having a pretty outstanding year, even in conference play, and they lose the last 10 games of the season and finish 24-30. and 30. That is unbelievable. Which we talk about baseball all the time. It could go either way. How do 10 of those games and not go? 10 of those go, games. One of them has to go You're literally rolling. Like, you're 24-20. and 20. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Unless they literally scheduled Vanderbilt, Virginia, and – I don't know. Unless, know there's a, unless there's a major multiple injuries that we don't know about because the schedule doesn't whole, put that on there, team got then hurt. I don't want to hear any excuses. But obviously last year they had, they had a good start to the season. We didn't get to see how it panned out. But um, WKU Baseball, looking to finish over 500 for the first time in quite a while. We're going to move on, take a break real quick, and talk about the NCAA championship after we come back. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. And welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. You're listening to revolution i don't know why i said that again i've just blanked well, I out thought, completely. i thought you were going i i thought you were trying to set the tone it sounded sounded pretty cool i'm gonna be honest the, i don't okay he was i was looking music, at Caden and the i was music trying to was out. kind of vibey and he was doing like welcome back yeah <laughs> he, he sounded uh, like a dj and i was like okay okay he's trying to spice things up that's a that bit. revolution and, 91 7 uh uh tone yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah that's Absolutely, yeah. You sound we'll like disregard a that, but um, we're going <laughs> to talk about the it. NCAA championship, which happened this past Monday. It felt like it happened a year ago. I mean, yeah. this, this week has been very slow with uh, Masters and the championship going on. But, I mean, Gonzaga-Baylor, we, we didn't get to talk about the Final Four because it happened that Saturday night, and uh, we didn't have a show on Sunday. So we'll talk about that real quick. One of the greatest games we've ever seen from UCLA and Gonzaga. Um, just an all-out performance from Johnny Juzang and – Jaime Hockey or Hockeys. Um just UCLA was well uh wh- what do we want to talk about first do we want to talk about obviously we're going to bring it up Gonzaga just not getting the job done that they just got to get out of the West Coast Conference well that's what I was going to say because you go to you play a team like UCLA who's an 11 seed obviously they played better than an 11 seed during this entire tournament and they should have been you know much better throughout the season but you almost lose to a team that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Who plays exactly like um, Baylor does, and yet as soon as Baylor is just a more physical, stronger, better scoring version of UCLA, and it clearly showed in that championship game, and, and, here, and they just weren't ready for here's it. Here's the thing, too. Everyone, when, if people, because I know that I was not in on Gonzaga to win it all because I thought at the end of the day – their play, their their conference schedule, because it's so weak, they're just not going to know how to finish games because they haven't played in any really tight games against really competitive teams. And everyone who was kind of on Gonzaga's side, I felt like, was going back to, well, at the beginning of the season, they steamrolled Kansas, they steamrolled West Virginia, and they steamrolled Iowa, and those are three, pretty good three seats and a two seat. Were they really, though? Iowa loses in the round of 32 to Oregon. Are you saying Oregon's not a good opponent to lose to? That's what I just heard. Yeah. Ma- oh. Maybe, because, or um, what I'm saying I is. I was not expecting that. I what, thought I, were... what I'm saying is Iowa wasn't a two seed. Were they really a two seed? By 
the numbers, yes, they were. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. Here, here's the they, thing. They though. played Kansas, well throughout the entire season. They, they so you played can't. weaker. Was, top. Are you saying Ohio State's not a two seed because they lost to Oral Roberts? Okay, they're a two seed. Yes, Oral Roberts was a good team. Th- that's the tournament. I guess what I'm trying to say is the, the argument for they played really good teams, I'm not buying it because those teams didn't compete in March Madness. So they never really played a strong team until they got to UCLA. So yeah. would it have changed your mind if that – First Gonzaga Baylor game had happened, and it was a close game. Absolutely. So that would be you, but you would still say they only had one close game. I would say they would have one good game, and I'll admit I was thinking Iowa and and Kansas were going to go far, but after what we've seen, I'm going to say you know what? At the end of the day, Gonzaga didn't really play strong teams because Kansas got killed by USC. And then Iowa got killed by Oregon. I'm not saying USC and Oregon are bad teams. I'm saying that maybe Iowa and Kansas weren't as good as we thought they were. Same for West Virginia. Well, that was basically everybody in this tournament except for Gonzaga and Baylor. It yeah. seemed, and obviously UCLA, who kept close. But it seemed like Baylor was just dominating everybody on their side of the bracket. And, and Gonzaga was doing yeah. the same until it came to that UCLA game. And I also want to let the record show, this Gonzaga team was amazing. I, I feel like all I've been doing is bashing them. And the way and Baylor just, to come back from that UCLA game with the defense that UCLA was playing, and then you're playing a better defense, that's just a lot to ask for any team. Well, and it shows the, I don't want to say lack of, coaching but it just Mark few you think after that ucla game you know what's coming when baylor yes. gets there They're, they see oh well it's like shark when he smells like blood it's like they're obviously they can't handle pressure very well because ucla like dominated yeah. on the it's a 93 to 90 game but it felt like ucla was still dominating the entire time yeah and baylor just took that and ran with it because the, they, the thing was baylor uh, Gonzaga just didn't play anybody all year who was that physical. Yeah, Baylor was extremely physical right from the beginning and took complete control. They threw Timmy. They made t- oh oh I love Saturday. They was like oh Timmy's the goat. Timmy this. Timmy that. He got straight up sunned against they, Baylor. I, I was getting kind of frustrated with that too because I, first of all I was getting <laughs> tired of the Drew Timmy celebration. With, I'm, I'm gonna be the honest. The man chew. I know I love you. It. I know I you love, love Drew Timmy, but. I was getting tired of it. It's it's cool at first, but if he goes up for just a regular, you know, just just two handed dunk when you're wide open, and you do the celebration after the fifty, like the fiftieth time. I'm like, okay, dude, we get it. The only time I had a problem with it when was the Baylor game when he's down and then he dunks it, and you're down fifteen and you do it. And I'm like, well, nobody cares now because. You were not going to win this game. Only one player showed up for uh, Gonzaga, and that's Jalen Suggs. Yeah. I mean, he was doing everything he could yeah, to Kispert, bring that team even, back. Even in that UCLA Corey game. Corey Kispert did not show up in the Final Four. Yes. The, in- the last two games, he just he was non-existent. It felt like he hit. Ayayi did more than him. Uh, yes. Ayayi, especially was in UCLA. UCLA. He couldn't guard nobody. They were singling Kispert out every single. It seemed like every single possession. They was like, put him on me. Get him on me. And they were just splashing him right in his face. And then Mark Few, what did he do? He went to a zone. A zone. You go to a zone with all shooters on the court. And you don't play zone all year. And you want to go to a zone. In, in the national championship game. Well, and we and we talk about, you know, they had a chance at the end there. They were they were down eight. It looked like they were about to go on a run. But Turnovers. Baylor, turnovers and Baylor just, they 
every time it felt like Gonzaga was going to run, Baylor just came back on a 5-0, 7-0 run after a timeout. And that's what I credit Scott Drew with because – That's his name, right? I feel like I messed that yeah. up. Okay. I'm, all, I'm awful with names when I come on the air. It's really bad. It's okay. But Scott Drew came out with an amazing game plan, and he stuck to it the entire game. Obviously, it helps when you have people like Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, guys that are going to go early in this draft now because of the performance they put on in this tournament. But, I mean, the the, the way he came out in this game and said, we're going to punch them in the mouth and see what they do, and then they just backed up, and he just kept going at them and at them and at them and didn't let up. Um, it's just it speaks on how he got this team ready. I, I will tell you this. And, and first of all, before I say what I was was a, what what what, what am I trying to say? say? What I was about to say. Thank you. This college basketball season, I owe an apology to because there was a moment. I think we even named an episode. This is this the worst college basketball season ever? It ended up living up to some some pretty good hype at the end of the year. It it was good, but it. It could have been the we, worst we've season seen ever. De- we've definitely seen Obviously, we years. love to see it because it's been a year or two years since we've seen a tournament game. So, obviously, that, that juice is going to come back no matter how bad yeah. the teams are. But, but was, I think to get a Gonzaga-Baylor national championship, at the end of the day, that's what we wanted. The two heavyweights going yeah. up against each other. No matter how it took, like whoever they had to take out to get there. But And also, it makes, for me, way more excited for the NBA draft because so we're hearing so many names. We got to watch Mobley. We got to watch Cade Cunningham, that Baylor team, Gonzaga. The last year's draft with LaMelo and James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, no one watched Anthony Edwards. Everyone watched him on highlight reels on SportsCenter at night, but Georgia was never competitive. James Wiseman didn't play the entire year. I think there's one nice highlight video of him out there for Memphis, and then LaMelo Ball was over was, was playing overseas. Nobody was really interested, and then you go to the fourth pick for the Chicago Bulls. The guy was coming off the bench for Florida State, so you just had no idea, and it may have been different if we got to watch the tournament and seen some more of these guys play, and then get national recognition but having the tournament and I saw a lot of people tweeting about it a lot of guys are starting to go to the G League and and college basketball Jalen Suggs a lot of people are showing that if you go through college and you make a name for yourself it's going to help you out even more when you can make money for your performance in college well that's that was going to be my issue was everybody's going to the G League which if you want to if you are pressing for money and your family needs it go go make your money i'm fine with that but for people like a top five pick that you know if you wait a year if you just go to college you have a chance to be number one pick in the draft like take that chance go live college out and go make your money after but to have like jonathan kuminga who went from a high school junior graduates and then go to the g league to go play if he goes to duke or kentucky that team is automatically better, and he automatically gets better throughout the season. Jalen Suggs is a perfect example. He wasn't even a top-five pick coming in this year, maybe top-five, and now he's consensus number two around everybody's big board. Him and Kate Cunningham are fighting for first. So I don't, I don't disagree with either, um, either way that you choose. But like, um, other than I don't it, either. I would just, I would just like would to see, I would like to see the best players in high school go to college because nobody in here has watched a G League game yeah, with Jalen yeah. Green playing at the helm. 
Yes, but you know that Jalen Green is very talented, and he still is going to be a. He'll still be a top five. Top. Pick. Yeah, exactly. It's just I just don't. Yeah, I wait, would rather wait, see at him the end in of college. The day, it's yeah. about us. It's but, not about. But them. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The G League route is so much better than yeah. Going just because you're playing competition of guys that aren't in the league, there, there's a reason they're not in the league. Well, the G League also they make money right away, and that yeah, has that's a lot to that's do the main reason. It. But I mean, we could go all day about this, and we probably will when we get to the NBA segment again. Yeah. But we're going to talk about the Masters after we get back. We're going to take a quick break as you listen to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. And welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Goodness, and alongside me is Matthew Hargrove and our producer, Caden Gaylord. There's the three of us today, and only the two of us that are going to be talking about Masters because Caden does <laughs> not like golf. But uh, we did have the Masters this past weekend, and, and we it's always— We hate to not have Tory Bowling here because— Yeah, he loves the Masters. Tory Bowling He'll come in with only, music. He's, he's got the music, and he's not only just talking about the Masters for almost the entire segment— He's usually hosting the show because it's, we always give him yeah. Masters weekend. Which yeah. he deserves. And, oh, and, absolutely. And he's at home. He he's did. probably enjoying wherever he's at in Cincinnati. I don't even know if he's from Cincinnati. He is from, uh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> London. London, Kentucky? Does that sound right, it's, it's a. It's a. It's in city. Kentucky. There is a city yes. called London. It is a city in Kentucky. <laughs> That's what we know. You know what's bad is the talisman came and did. They're, they're doing a story on us, and I have to give – uh, the girl who's writing a story on us, I had to give her our names and where we're from. And I gave her where we're from, and I still can't remember where. I, I literally, Tori told me where he's from. I still can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's London, though. That's a solid. I mean, your guess is that's as a, good that's as That's a solid guess. That's yeah. yeah, you can't Thank go you. wrong Thank with you. that. Thank you, guys. Uh, but he would love to be here to, to see and probably talk about the fact that Hideki Matsuyama won the, won the Masters today at 10 under. Um, for the entirety of the of the Masters, but waking up on Thursday morning, it's obviously we do it because we like it. We yeah. did it in November when it happened, or September, November, November. It was November uh, when when the first Masters of last year after it got canceled, and then we're d- we did it again this Thursday uh, for no apparent reason because we didn't really watch most of it on Thursday. Yeah. But it's just that rush well, of getting yeah, up yeah, on Thursday just, morning. Uh, go- yeah, golf is back. Augusta's back. Uh, but what a performance! I mean, he was consistently. Uh, in the leaderboards, him and Justin Rose kind of fell off after the first couple of days. Um, but today, we'll talk about mostly, and it was the from hole 14 on, it was quite a show because Matsuyama, um, I believe it was he was 13 under with and five six, strokes six lead. strokes ahead at one point yeah. because second place it was either Zalatoris or Jordan Spieth. Was seven. There was like five guys at seven yeah, under. and okay. uh, Xander Shoffley yeah. uh, was in there in that mix too. And by the time we got to the fifteenth hole, Shoffley was kind of creeping up on him. He kept making birdies, and, and uh, I believe Matsuyama hit a hit a bogey on one. So it's I believe it's twelve under to nine under, and then sixteen or fifteen comes around. Matsuyama hits one in the in the uh, the pond. Yeah. So he takes a drop. I believe he gets a double bogey on it. Or just a bogey he goes eleven under, but Xander gets a birdie. So now it's eleven under to ten under 
for Xander Shoffley. With how many holes left? With three holes left. Three holes left. They, so now you have now you have a great Masters and finish. You're, you're looking at you know could be a playoff hole down the stretch would be you know playoff hole on a Masters Sunday. You can't yeah, get you any can't better. beat that. Um, and then <laughs> Shoffley on hole 16, par three. Right when things started to get juicy. I mean, Matsuyama's on the heel of his feet because, I mean, he is just, he's fighting for his life at this point. You can feel the pressure and the momentum kind of swing. And then Shafle just hits it inside of the pond on the left side. Just, it fell off of the bunker and just kept going. Uh, It was sad to see he got a triple bogey uh, on a par three, which is basically, that's a wrap for that game for him. Um, So he became quickly out of it. Uh, but it wasn't over yet because Matsuyama still had uh, to finish that hole in 16, uh, which was he was 11 under. And then he had to finish the next two and hope that Will, I cannot pronounce his last name. I hope you have Zalatoris. Zalatoris. Uh, he finished already at 9 under, and Matsuyama didn't know it yet. So um, by the time you get to 18, Matsuyama's 11 under, and he hits one. Gets a nice drive in the middle of fairway, and then he hits one in the bunker on his second shot. And you're looking at it, and you're like, "He's gonna choke this so hard, and they're gonna go into a playoff hole." And yeah. you see Will over there just warming up on the practice tees, and you're you feel it in your in your loins, and it just feels so good. Yeah. And then Matsuyama gets a bogey, and he wins the tournament. Good for him, uh, ten under, but. Just a disappointing well, was, day for me as I get to... Well, well, I was telling you before we started the show tonight, Hideki Matsuyama has been, it seems like, in every major for the past, you know, two or three years. He's always been in the top ten or top five, and you always got to feel like, man, it, 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 it doesn't feel like he has the stuff to go get you a win or match like a Brooks... If Brooks Kepka is on and Matsuyama is on... Usually Kepka's going to win, or maybe McElroy, or maybe, you know, Justin Thomas. But if everyone's kind of having an off day, Matsuyama is just so consistent. And that's what he was today. And that consistency, it started to fall towards the end. Maybe the pressure just got to him. But at the end of the day, he was able to settle down and get the win. And I like Hideki Matsuyama, that consistency. Yeah, it's a good, he's been, he's been flirting around the top five for, uh, seems like, almost every yeah. major tournament. Um, but you saw Spieth, he won a few weeks ago, if not last week. Uh, so you thought he was going to come in with a hot hand. And, and, and he, and he, he played well. He, yeah, I mean, he played well. He came in like fourth or fifth. Third. Third place. Third place, so yeah. top three. Um, but, you know, people like Dustin Johnson getting out the didn't make the cut to go to the second. Yeah, and I... Uh, After going I, 17 under and winning the Masters, setting a record, you don't make the cut on well, the no, first. Nobody was really... Uh, I feel like nobody was really talking about this Masters this weekend. And I don't know if it was because the the big-time players were not in the top five. Because, yeah, I mean, you look at the top ten even. You got Matsuyama, Zawatoris, Jordan Spieth. He's a big one. Xander Schauffele, Rom, Leishman, Rose, Reed, Connors, Finau. Like, those are guys, like, you know, people like, but they're not fan favorites. Like, where's the Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson? Yes. Like, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, Kepka. Obviously, Tiger was not in this Masters because of the horrific car crash that happened. Heck, the, I like I like seeing Ricky Fowler. Yeah, and he didn't even qualify. Yeah, or um, I can't think of his name. It, it reminds me of Ricky Fowler, McElroy. He yeah, wasn't Roy even McElroy. up there. Um, I don't know why those two remind me of each uh, other. Yeah, that, that, has not no, in sync at no all. No correlation at all. I it just in my mind is very messed up. 
But two swaggy guys. Yeah. Um, shout out to Hideki Matsui. Oh, I'm sorry, Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah, not the baseball. <laughs> not the baseball. Uh, he did not quit baseball to go into golf. Famous New York Yankee. Um, but uh, what a great tournament, and we'll be back next year, yeah. of course. But we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about NBA and MLB in segments four and five. So look out for that as you listen to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. And welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. I'm your host, Ryan Goodison, alongside Matthew Hargrove and Caden Gaylord, our producer. We're gonna talk about the NBA for a little bit as uh it's it's been a It's been a good day. It's been a good past twenty four hours for me. Why? Uh because we whooped the Nets by twenty five last night. Who, who is we? Uh the Los Angeles Lakers, your twenty twenty <laughs> NBA champions. Um, who was playing for the Nets? Was everybody healthy? Um, Kyrie and everybody Katie but played. Harden set up. Okay. I mean, everybody played but Harden. Did, did Katie come off the bench? Yes. I, a, I no, honestly, he started. He started. Never mind. He started. I honestly think that uh, for for that Nets team to do anything, James Harden has to be at the forefront of that team. I don't think that isn't that ridiculous for me to say it. For yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, especially for you to because say I am a, you're the biggest I, James Harden Harden hater. One of the one. one of the of, I'm up there, and it wasn't. And it was at his Rockets days mostly because of you know the amount of shots that he took. But he's really. Changed his game for this Nets team, and he's been one of the best players in the he's league. A, he's the point guard. Ky- Kyrie's yeah. the shooting guard of that team. Yeah, he's been the best player probably for that Nets team this entire season. That's um, why he's in the MVP race. And I'm, I'll still hate on Russ a lot, but James Harden, I'll give a pass to this year because he's played outstanding and and has done it at an efficient rate. So. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's the that's biggest the knock on yeah. James Harden because his shooting with the Rockets. He would be, you know, scoring 50 points, but it'd be on, you know, like 38% or 40% shooting. But with Brooklyn, he's taking less amount of shots, but he's very efficient. James Harden in Houston was like Kobe in his last game every night. It was 60 points on 60 shots. And it's like, that does not equate well for NBA basketball. And it clearly didn't because the playoffs, he just, he was always choking. But but the reason I was so happy last night is because we didn't have like seven players. LeBron, AD, Marcus Gasol, Wes Matthews, Kyle Kuzma, um Dennis Schroeder got ejected. Yeah, um, I saw that. <laughs> so who I don't even know who plays for that. Not that I care enough to to talk about the Lakers without <laughs> LeBron or AD, but that team is just without Kuzma, I don't even know who plays for that team anymore. Well, you got Kuzma. Kane can tell us, Kane. Obviously Harold. So, Montrez Harold, um we signed Ben Mecklemore uh the other uh That's last how you week. That's bad. Uh, but he's dropped like 19 last night off the bench. That's disgusting. Um, Alex Caruso, uh, you know KCP, uh, Markeith Morris. Like it's it's we've struggled over the past you know few weeks without LeBron. But yeah. yesterday the reason I'm so happy is because yesterday was such a good win for them for a confidence boost because I didn't expect us to win a game. I, I tell you what, watching this Lakers team, it once again just makes you appreciate. The, the greatness even more of LeBron James because yeah. even when even when 80 went out and, and LeBron was you kind of got the feeling when it was just LeBron for a little while he was literally having to do everything, everything yeah. for the Lakers to get it was like that now. Cavs team back all over again but mm-hmm. is there any last real quick on the Lakers is there any time we'll 
return for AD or LeBron? So they said last night AD supposed to come back within the next two weeks. And, and same for LeBron. Okay. They said three weeks. I, I think they said three weeks for LeBron. So yeah. obviously last, you don't want to you don't want to rush him. But yeah, the, uh, you're those kinda, last you, ten games you're going to get a healthy Lakers, get them ready for the postseason. Well, that's going to be good. But speaking of the Western Conference, we have you know a bunch of teams over there looking good. The Phoenix Suns have been playing well uh, for the entirety of the season. Devin Booker playing at an enormous rate with Chris Paul, but the Denver Nuggets made a big move in the offseason. They got Aaron Gordon, and right, they've trade been... Trade deadline. Trade, that's what I meant, sorry. No, you're good. And uh, ever since they got Aaron Gordon, they're 7-0 until today, of course. Yeah, they, uh, the Celtics, <laughs> th- that was bad. They they gave up in that fourth quarter. A 31-3 yeah. run, that was... Well, at the end of the game, it was a 40-8 to run, which... That, that hurts my ears. But the Denver Nuggets have been playing well. They're fourth in the West right now, and it's really... Anybody's, yeah. A- a- anybody seeding wise for the two seed, I think the Jazz are going to probably wind up with that number one. But you're talking about that two seed, the Clippers. They're two games back of the Suns. The Nuggets. They would have to get. They would have to stay pretty hot. But they're sitting at three and a half. So there's a lot of teams. The Western Conference isn't really set in stone. It right matters now. this year. Seeding oh, matters this year. Because, especially, with the especially, La- especially with the Lakers being like a five seed. Well, that and the fact that there's a play-in game to get to the to the even. Or is it tournament or play-in play-in play tournament for the seven and eight seed? Right. So you don't. Utah Jazz doesn't even know if they make it out of the first round after that play-in game. But wait, um, so. They're not doing a playing game for the eight and the nine. It's for the seven and eight. It's seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. We'll have a playoff play-in tournament. Okay. So, so right now teams. it would be Mavericks, Grizzlies, Spurs, and Warriors. Yes. Yeah. Well, and there won't be Warriors for long since we've covered every everybody else's favorite team. Might as well throw mine in there. James Wiseman went out today. He's probably out for the year. Uh, not that it really matters because they've been struggling as of late. Um, but I tell you what, this team just needs to be healthy. They've had the last few years of just. Awful injuries since that since that finals with the the Raptors and KD. Are you are you scared about the rumors of Steph Curry going to the Lakers? <laughs> I didn't even know that was. No, it's a thing. My, a, it I just I, I don't leave. see Steph ever leaving Golden. If State. Clay if Clay didn't leave, I would two see years Clay ago, leaving before Steph. Steph mm, is. I see Clay leaving or Clay really, staying before yeah. Steph does. Yeah, I just think Clay's he's that kind of he's like Damian Lillard. He's that loyal guy that'll just stay even if it means that he won't win. Um, but Clay had a chance to go with LeBron to LA a few years ago and, and didn't take it. Well, especially because there was the Michael Thompson is the you know the guy that does the play by play, which is his dad. Yeah. So there was a bunch of connections, but he well, stayed. well, the greatness of Steph Curry, he could stay in Golden State. He could be loyal. Clay Thompson could be loyal. I I tell you who can't be loyal is Damian Lillard because the Portland Trailblazers look god awful right now defensively the, all the teams in the western conference i feel confident in getting past the first round except for the portland trailblazers they're about to be in those playing in games a uh, damian lillard and cj mccullum i know about the injuries but i gotta tell you ever since cj mccullum has been back I think the Blazers have gotten a little bit worse. I think ever since Norman Powell has gotten on the team, they've been a little bit worse. They have three guys who play the same type of basketball. It's all ISO ball, and I guarantee you, if we had Patrick Carey and Torrey Bowling and we rolled out that starting five, I think we could put up maybe 50 <laughs> points because that's how soft their defense is. It's really bad. Yeah, they're deep off the bench, but they just have a ton of scores, and when you're playing a Western Conference who 
maybe the Blazers are better scorers than who are they supposed to play in the first round? The playoffs in the day, the Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers. The Blazers may, at the end of the day, average more points, but the Clippers are a team who can stick with them offensively, so it's going to come down to defense. And last time I checked, the Clippers have a pretty solid defense. The Blazers would lose in five games. But it doesn't even matter, because the Mavericks, who... Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad right now. Damian Lillard should be asking for a trade. He's not, and he's going to go down as one of the best players to... Just make a Western Conference Finals and never an NBA championship. The Blazers are going nowhere. They're going nowhere. I think we've known that for a few years now, but it seems but it, like they want to stay it, loyal. It's, but. Even, it, it's getting on my nerves a little bit more. One, obviously, they have Carmelo Anthony, so, so I you, care. you watch I, a lot of the games. I, I watch a lot of the games. And the Dallas Mavericks have Luka Doncic, but let's be real. The the Portland Trail Blazers should have a better team than the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, yeah. For the Mavericks to be one and a half games back of the Portland, if the Dallas Mavericks got a six, six seed and the Portland Trail Blazers got in that seven seed and played the Phoenix Suns and lost first round, they may have to do something really dramatic. I might want to see that Mavericks-Clippers uh, matchup again, especially after oh, last yeah. year. I believe the Mavericks would have won uh, if they were healthy. I don't think so. Luka's great, but the Clippers, they're solid. I know playoff Paul George, but I still think Clippers win in six games. I still think Mavericks give them Luka. Luka would be good. I, I tell you what would be interesting is that Suns-Mavericks series. That would be good. Too. Uh, I, still think, think so. I still think Suns would win. But – Real quick, before we move on, uh, we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference. Is there any team in the Eastern Conference that scares anybody? Because it just it feels like the Sixers are up there, but, I mean, without Joel, obviously I, I with got, Joel. I got Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Can I tell you something real quick? Yeah. I, I haven't looked at the East standings in a long time, so I'm looking at it right now. I did not know the Hawks were the four seed at the yeah. moment. What? That's how bad it is. That's, That's how, how bad, bad it is. is. They're 29 and 25, and they're the four seed right now. If the playoffs ended the day, you would get <laughs> – a first-round matchup of the 76ers and Knicks. The Nets would be playing the Celtics. Bucks would be playing the Heat in the first round. And then the Hawks would be playing the Hornets. The The Milwaukee Bucks would be in danger of getting out in the first round. Well, that's the problem. That's why the Hawks are so high. because you got teams like the Heat and the Celtics that are playing like they've never played basketball well, honestly, before. And the Pacers I, can't even make it. I like this matchup because every single one of these rounds except exciting. for the 76ers and Knicks are going to be exciting because you the Hawks and the Hornets, them. whoever they play, whoever wins that series is going to get steamrolled by the 76ers. But usually the first rounds, two of them are not good. The one in the eight and the two in the seven are not it'll, good in the East. It'll change, though, because the Heat, they're – Getting back to being healthy, they haven't been healthy all year, oh, and they yeah, have the same record a, as Oladipo. Th- went there's down a yeah. game difference between the Hawks and Hornets, and, and the Heat are tied with the Hornets for that five seed. Celtics are still tied there, so the Celtics. Celt- suck. Celtics, they win five in a row, they're back to being the four seed. That's how Which, close the East yeah, is. Yeah, that's bad. But we are running out of time, so we will take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the MLB opening day and how the season has progressed so far. As you listen to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the red zone right here on Revolution 91.7. And welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. 
I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, alongside Matthew Hargrove and Caden Taylor. We're going to do a quick uh, kind of recap of what's going on this, this next week as Tuesday night, I believe, is the WKU Women's Soccer Team tournament. 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 They play the, beginning of the, tournament. Uh, the first round of the tournament. And then Wednesday night starts the WKU Volleyball Tournament, uh, the NCAA Tournament, as Jackson, uh, Jackson State. State. And if they win that, they play Thursday night against Washington, against State. Washington State. And then uh, the spring game for football is on Saturday. It is almost here. Um, as we've seen a lot of transfers out and a lot of new It'll people be a totally coming different in. team. You'll you, be watching, but Bailey Zap and, and Zach Kitley. That'll be is it Zap or Zappy? I don't know. It's it's Zap. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm we, glad we I thought know it was Zappy, but the the coaches have been calling him Zap. Okay. Well, conference. one of us, and it'll probably be me. I'll probably go to that game. So we'll get to check out to see who really is here to stay, uh, because there's a lot of people out that you know were not here last year, including another you know cornerback from Oregon that we just got four or five days ago so yeah. uh new completely different team but for the mlb's sake opening day happened last thursday as uh, we got to see 15 great games not great 15 games at least um for the for the opening day but well uh, i'll ask you ryan what's the biggest thing that's stood out to you so far i know these it, it doesn't really mean anything right now yeah it's all kind of new and, but um i it it's Was interesting that's to see really caught your eye, maybe a team, maybe a player. The White Sox have caught my eye, and it's not because of uh, the tragic injury of Eloy Jimenez. It's the fact that uh, not Moncada, but Mercedes has played out of his mind. Yeah, the Urinator. Yeah, what fantastic! I, you don't I, like it? It may grow on me, but I, I thought it was a little forced. I'm gonna be honest; I didn't hear it until just now, and I love it. But uh, that's the one team. I mean, I have a team. That the, caught my the Phillies? eye. No, I mean, my Phillies are doing great right now. We're 5-3. Tell uh, me it's the Cubs because they lost the Pirates three times now. It's no, disgusting. It, it, it's the Reds oh, um, yeah. who've had a strong start to the season. I mean, I'm looking right now. Their difference of, in point differential is 20 right oh, now. They got, They've been hitting the cover off the well, ball. Well, Tyler Naquin, their leadoff here from the Indians, I'm pretty sure he leads the league already in home runs. He's got five home runs. Yeah, and then him and Castellanos have been going off. Um, between them and then Jesse Winker, obviously. Joey Votto's not even a part of these offenses. And they feels got like Jonathan anymore. India. They're just they're really They've been playing, deep. Which uh, could have used last year because uh, they scored zero runs in 16 total innings or whatever it was. But yeah. uh, they're still hurt about that, so they're, they're making up for it right now. Um, another interesting thing I saw was uh, Trevor Bauer with some sticky situations with the – with the ball and and pine tar, he come out. He said he hasn't like it's nothing. I don't yeah, think it is. I, I don't think it is either because he's so adamant about coming out and saying that I yeah. believe the guy should use pine tar. Like I don't care. Yeah, all this stuff. But. Is it bad that I kind of feel like if there was a big time player to do it, it'd be Trevor Bauer? And maybe I'm just saying that because of his personality. Yeah. I honestly think of the opposite. I think yeah, he yeah, would be the one not ways. to do it because yeah, because, because of his personality. Yeah. Like that. Does it really matter though? I mean, because no, that uh, nobody from uh, the Astros got suspended for anything that they did. Oh, so why yeah, would he no, get suspended? There's nothing that the MLB can do that they didn't do to the Astros <laughs> uh, for actually being caught cheating. But um, any anything for you, Mr. Hargrove, standing out? What's really caught my eye. The, the Braves had a really slow start. They started off yeah. 0-4, but they're on a four-game win streak, and they're playing the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball right now. I think they scored three runs in the first inning. Miami Marlins, I think it was a fluke. I think last year was a fluke. I think people were talking about, you know, those bad teams, the 60-game regular season, you can get something going. And they're starting 2-6. and six. And again, I, I said before we were talking about baseball that – it's really just over a week, and you don't know. But you I can't look at this get a, Miami Marlins team, and I'm like, 
this is just, I, I just don't believe that this is a playoff team. And I know they got a win against the Cubs, but that's kind of a depleted Chicago Cubs So team. does everybody else. Ask the Pirates. Pirates have three wins, all three of them to the Cubs. It's, yeah. uh, that's not great. But like you said, it, you have to go a month into the season before you can really start judging yeah. these teams because, I mean, John Carlos Stanton looks like an awful baseball player. And, uh, yeah, and real quick, and, and yeah, John Carlos Stanton has been playing well. Another team that's really caught my eye is the Angels. Their pitching staff has has done pretty good. Dylan Bundy, he was terrible with Baltimore, and now he's like in the in the Cy Young race he was last year. But Shohei Ohtani and, and Mike Trout, like yeah, that that offense has been doing. Put really Ohtani well. in the outfield. Quit making a pitch. I cannot stand watching. What him. are you talking about? I I don't like. It. I know he's been playing well this year, and it's but it's again it's eight games. So the game he pitched, he I thought he did pretty well. I know, but it's one game. I need to see. Okay, like, that's just, fair. That's fair. I just don't like him. If you're gonna let him hit, go let him hit. But I can't. Do I like seeing 100 miles per hour and then 450 feet. Over I do the too, if it works though. But it hasn't okay, worked for okay. three years. Okay. Um, but between that and the fact that we watch, uh, Mr. Musgrove throw a no hooter oh, for yes, the Padres. Yes. Um, that was exciting. That rivalry. To see. Dodgers are eight and two right now. Padres are seven and three. I cannot wait for. I hope the that's what series. happens. And I, I have to, I have to mention it. Red Sox are six and three after that dreadful start. JD Martinez had three home runs today. He's, he's been, been he's been their best player so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if been. I do so, if I say so myself, yeah, and, which I do, and you are right. Because you do say that. <laughs> I do say that. Caden, do you say that? Uh, I will not watch a Red Sox game this year. Caden <laughs> so. Gaylord will say that. I will speak for him. We're all in agreement. But uh, a great season to look forward to. We will probably talk about it in the last show more than anything because that's when you really get a full um, breakdown on what these teams can be like heading to the postseason. But that is all the time we have for today as we are running out. Um, as for your host, Ryan Goodson, alongside Matthew Hargrove, and producer Caden Gaylord. Go follow us. Go follow us on, on Twitter and Instagram and at WKU Red Zone. Red Zone. Um, and as always, go, go Tops. Tops.